Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to another episode of Unfollowing Mum. This particular episode is being recorded just before we landslide into the summer holidays, which if you're listening to this and you're in Scotland or perhaps somewhere else around the world, you might be thinking, well, that was ages ago. Gosh, she's super organised. No, no, for me, that is tomorrow. Clearly, during this time of year, my organisational skills go out of the window, down the street and just leapfrog straight into the river because I am so disorganised. And I think that's something that a lot of parents can relate to when it comes to the end of the school year. Now, for this particular episode, that is relevant because I wanted to talk about estrangement during the summer holidays. If you type into Google estrangement during the holidays, it will come up with a million and one blog posts, newspaper articles, psychology papers, all sorts, all surrounding the holidays in terms of Christmas, Easter, um, other big holidays, non-religious holidays, all sorts of things like that, but not specifically about the school holidays. And in fact, this is twofold. From a parent's perspective of young children who are also estranged from their grandparents, there's certain conversations that I think should be had around this. But also, if you look at the standalone website, there are so many conversations and Indeed, the websites for universities, there are loads of different topics surrounding estrangement for students, particularly those who have come from LGBTQ backgrounds or who have been estranged for a variety of reasons from their parents. This can be a really difficult time of year. So let's just have a little leapfrog straight into looking at students who are estranged from parents. This might be relevant for you even if you are not the student involved, but I know a lot of people have younger siblings or younger family members who they know are estranged who they're still in contact with perhaps they're also estranged and it's something that is rooted throughout the family and you can offer them this as some support 
But if you are in the position where you are estranged and you are a student, there is actually quite a bit of support out there depending on what university you are going to. And I think it's something that we don't really think about as creating an adverse effect for students unless you are in the position to be estranged yourself or perhaps work with those who are. When we think about kids heading off to uni, we always have this image in our minds, or I certainly do anyway, you might not, of like the movie style being dropped off at the campus, having parents help you unpack, um, having parents being maybe slightly embarrassing whilst you're getting into your dorm room, or maybe you're unpacking into a flat or whatever it might be, but helping you to navigate this really new and intimidating experience. And of course, if you are estranged at such a young age, that's not something that you have available to you. And I'm sure there will be many listeners who are reflecting on their own experiences. Perhaps they had emotionally unavailable parents who they weren't estranged from at this time, or maybe aren't estranged from now, but who just had a complete lack of interest in this new venture that their child was stepping into. It's where you're not quite a child anymore, but you're also not quite a fully fledged adult you're in that real young adulthood that is tricky as hell to navigate add into that someone who has a serious lack of guidance or support from the people who are supposed to be there to be supportive that's a really difficult situation to be in now what I have seen more and more is that universities in particular have sections on their website specifically aimed at estranged students which does kind of feed into the theory that I get lobbed at me so often that this is a growing trend amongst younger people to cut off or estrange themselves from their parents. But I would put forward that it's not so much that it's a growing trend, but the trend itself is in no longer tolerating abusive behaviours. We have social media that makes us much more aware of what is and isn't acceptable behaviour that encourages us to look outside of our immediate bubble, which is what I was stuck in for such a long time and what I know so many of you were stuck in for such a long time and to be able to say actually that's not normal behavior and I don't have to tolerate that just because you are my parent so is it fair to say that there is an increase in estrangement and in people especially of a younger age becoming estranged absolutely but I don't believe that that is because it is a trend or because it's suddenly become fashionable to cut off a parent or to set boundaries that are quite firm with a parent no it's because we are better at protecting our mental health and because we are more open to discussing these things which ultimately can only be beneficial for those who do want to have strong healthy relationships within their family units because as a parent myself if my 18 19 year old started to set firm boundaries with me and come to me and tell me okay look I'm not happy in this relationship, you're hurting me with this behaviour, I would want to do everything that I could to repair that with them and to support them in the next phases of their life. But sadly, we know that's not always the case. Most of us have walked this road for a long time. And when it comes to estranged students, it's quite emotional for me, I think, to see so much support out there and yeah it might just be on paper and I think this is always the fear because I see a lot of support across social media because I'm heavily involved in social media but then I also see a lot of dismissal I also see a lot of invalidation I also see a lot of outdated views surrounding oh but it's your mum but it's your dad and actively encouraging you to try and get back in contact with each other so I guess in a way I see this and I have a a bit of a dose of scepticism surrounding how helpful and supportive universities will actually be when it comes to their students studying. 
But to see that on some websites there are whole sections dedicated to offering support to explaining different processes feels really powerful to me. On one of the websites that I was looking at, it says you would be considered an estranged student if you haven't had any contact with either of your parents for 12 months or more and it's unlikely to change or your relationship with your parents has broken down within the last 12 months and you don't expect this to change within the near future. It then goes on to offer advice on things like finance, induction weeks, mental health support, even goes so far as to direct you to the standalone charity, which is a charity specific for people who are estranged and their student finance guide which I think is brilliant. It is considered by many universities an access issue. Not only does it come with the strain from mental health of not being able to be in contact with your parents, not having that emotional support, but from a financial point of view it absolutely puts you at a disadvantage. And there is help out there, things like the Estranged Students Bursary, which is the ESB, that's up to £1,000. And also on UCAS website, there are pages that document different scholarships that are there to help specifically estranged students, which, let's be honest, is huge. We've had people on the podcast and I've spoken to so many people who find themselves estranged from a very young age. Most recently, we spoke to Katie Prattley, who was living in a flat by herself at the age of 16. Statistics show us that younger people who are estranged from their parent or who do not have the support from a parent quite often do not go into further education or studying. And a huge chunk of the reason for that is a lack of emotional and financial support and neither of those should be downplayed. Whilst advice and counselling services are offered within the majority of universities and might be a great help, how do you get into the door of the university if you have no financial support whatsoever, you've been trying to manage on your own for a number of years and you're really struggling? Well, the answer is for a lot of people, they simply don't. And I can't help but think to myself that whilst we are now seeing more cases of estrangement, if it is just because we are more open about it, there is less of a taboo surrounding standing up for ourselves, our mental health, protecting ourselves from anybody, regardless of who they might be, family or not, surely that is a positive thing if it means that the people who truly need support are more able to access it and therefore move forwards with their lives. I often question, had I woken up to the way that my relationship was with my mum when I was 17, 18, if I would have gone to university as opposed to staying close because she needed me and because I felt that I couldn't walk away. Indeed, if I had have done that in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, there's absolutely no way that that support would have been there for me in the same way that it is for younger people now. And I think that's truly where the power lies in having this conversation, because nobody should be at a disadvantage because they've had to make the incredibly difficult decision to cut ties with a parent or because a parent has made the decision to dismiss them. Because that's the other side of the coin, isn't it? There are so many people out there whose parents refuse to have anything to do with them because perhaps their sexuality, how they identify, who they date. There are so many reasons And they vary massively in cultural terms. But we are still talking about very young people who should be given as much support as possible to get into higher education and to be able to do something better with their lives. One of the things that is almost always present within a toxic relationship with a parent that we don't see necessarily so much in other relationships, although it does come up absolutely, is that financial control. 
As younger people in full-time education, it is incredibly difficult to be able to earn your own money. And that's the whole point, isn't it, of relying on your parent. That's what we are there to do. We are there to support our children. And as they get older, they can get their own weekend jobs, do things like my eldest is doing loads of things with grandma at the moment to earn his own pocket money. And that's amazing. But I am still fundamentally responsible for the bills, the house, the food, all of these things that kids don't think of. And as they get to 18, 19, yes, of course, they're starting to think about these things and become more independent. But for the vast majority of people, there is still support there from a parent, especially if they are still within education. My mum used to joke that she would create a bill for everything that I ever did, every biscuit that I had, every packet of super noodles, all those kind of things. And as much as it was a running joke within the family, and I do believe done innocently, it was something that her parents used to say and do to her, I do think that there was a certain element of debt mindset there, of you owe me for these things. And there are too many children and young adults who are in a toxic relationship with a parent or who have a parent who is incredibly emotionally immature, who have their wages taken from them almost completely in a form of rent, or if they are parentified children, they are the ones earning a significant chunk of the money that goes into the house. How are they expected to then move forward and progress towards university? So I think it is a much deeper issue than people generally want to think about. And I think one of the things that does become quite uncomfortable in the conversation surrounding estrangement that is going to segue me into the next part of this episode is talking about the financial impact that it has to become estranged from a parent. We're not just talking about things like university that do become massively more difficult to access and are considered now widely as an access issue, not just by universities, but by the government. But if we look at statistics, the majority of children who are about to go on to summer holidays or who have been on summer holidays for the last couple of weeks are looked after during the summer by grandparents because their parents cannot afford to not work. Now, there might be a variety of reasons that you do not have access to a close family member who can look after your child. But in the majority of instances, grandparents are responsible for around one to two days of childcare per week. When you are estranged from a parent, not only does that have a really heavy emotional toll if your children are not estranged from them, but knowing that your contact with them is going to be ramped up, knowing that they are going to be hanging that over your head, particularly if you have a narcissistic parent who likes to suddenly message the day before and say, you know, I've, I've decided I'm going out for lunch with Flo tomorrow instead and likes to remind you that they're doing you a favour, that becomes a really stressful time during the summer holidays. But of course, if you turn around and say, do you know what, you keep cancelling on me or you are not listening to me. I spoke to somebody once who had the experience with a dog. Her parents had a dog who wasn't particularly great around children and every so often would get a little bit snappy. The kids were not badly behaved with the dog. It was just that the dog was not particularly child friendly as dogs can be. And, you know, that's fair enough. But rather than put the dog away and make sure that the children, A, couldn't access the dog to frustrate the dog, which would be fairer on the pet, but also that the pet didn't bite or snarl or snap at the children and create a fear of animals or cause them some physical harm, the parents just kept forcing the two together 
and ensuring that eventually there was an incident. And when I was speaking to this lady, she'd actually spoken to her parents and said, look, I can't keep bringing my youngest round. Um, There's been this incident. He's been bitten. There's scratch marks all down his arm. He's really upset. And you're just essentially saying that he was irritating the dog. But I'd already asked you to make sure that you put dog away like this is not difficult to understand this is a simple easy solution I don't feel comfortable with you taking care of them anymore and you clearly don't feel comfortable with putting your dog in another room so I'm just going to find alternate childcare. sounds logical right no no not with a toxic parent with a toxic parent it was all hell broke loose And it's a story that so many of us will be familiar with, a refusal to comply with boundaries, be they putting a pet that's not great with children in a separate area, be they not meeting up with certain people whilst we're around. I spoke to somebody recently who his sister was somebody he didn't get on with very well, that they didn't have any contact with. So whenever his kids were left with his mum, his mum would meet up with his sister. And it's like, but why would you do that? Why would you make life so much more difficult when I'm entrusting you with my children, relying on you for childcare that you have offered And now you're just crossing all the boundaries. And of course, if you try to discuss it, it's like World War Three. Often you'll find the enabling parent will get involved. Oh, you've really upset your mum or you've really made your dad angry, however that might be, simply because you've asked them or reiterated, this is not something that I want doing with my children. It's a minefield. If it's not crossing boundaries, then it can be letting you down at the very last minute. You know, people plan their work, they plan events, they plan all sorts around childcare. Anybody who is a parent listening, I'm sure, will be nodding along thinking, yeah, this is exactly what it's like. You've got to plan everything to make sure that your kids are taken care of. But when you have a toxic parent, especially somebody who was quite flippant with your upbringing, especially somebody who didn't see anything wrong with leaving you alone, or perhaps just dismissing your feelings and has continued to do so into adulthood or is just someone who gets a kick out of messing with people's plans which is all too common then it means that you are relying on someone who is really difficult and I haven't even got to the part where you have a parent that you are estranged from these are all in low contact situations that can become incredibly stressful or if you have a relationship still with a toxic parent if you are estranged from your parent but your children are not then you're navigating drop-offs you're navigating requests to go and spend time with grandma or granddad or whatever it might be that's really difficult So there is a huge emotional impact when it comes to the summer holidays, but also a huge financial one if you do not have that support there at all. And like in the case of myself, you are no contact with your parent and so are your children. We are extremely lucky that we have Adam's parents to be able to offer support with the kids. They are wonderful with the kids. They like to take them here, there and everywhere. And the kids have a great time with them, which is the most important thing for me. We're also in a position where our work is fairly flexible, which is a really privileged position to be in and something that I am incredibly aware of. But I speak to people daily who are not in that position, who do not have the flexibility within work or perhaps do not have anybody nearby who they could trust with their children. 
or would feel comfortable leaving their kids with and it creates a real minefield but we don't like to talk about it because as soon as you mention that there is a huge financial implication to being estranged from a parent you will instantly be reminded that this was your choice that the parent is not responsible for you financially as an adult that you have to lie in the bed that you made all of these different things which which yeah all of those things are true And don't get me wrong, I would much rather protect my peace, have my mental health and my well-being protected and doing better than have my mum in my life. But that doesn't change the reality that estrangement has a huge financial impact. And look, it extends even further, which again, people are not comfortable to talk about. When your parent dies, for a lot of people, that is the point at which you can either get on the property ladder, especially in the current economy, or the point at which your pension fund starts to look a little bit less bleak. In some way, as awful as it might sound, that has a positive financial impact for a huge number of people when a parent passes away. And again, for a huge number of people, that is no consolation. They would much rather have the parent than have the money. But when you're in an estrangement situation, that's not something that's going to be available to you. And if it is, there's a shame and a stigma around it because you are seen as someone who was quite happy to take their money but didn't want to have a relationship with them in the first place and that makes you somehow a horrible person, which it doesn't, by the way. I once had a lady say to me, I am thinking of it as compo and when they die and they leave their house behind, I will be absolutely coming forward to contest the will if they don't put me in it or to claim what is mine and I don't care if anybody thinks badly of me because they were so abusive when I was a child and I feel that I deserve to be given a little bit of a break in life and their money can do that for me, so fuck them. And it really, it took me aback when she said it but yeah, why not? But again, people get so uncomfortable with that. And everybody has a different view. I speak to a lot of people who say, look, I want nothing from them. And I do think a good chunk of that is the shame and the stigma surrounding it, because it's made to feel like you've just been grubby when you didn't want a relationship with them. So you shouldn't be entitled to anything that they can pass down to you. And I get that. I get why people may feel that way. And I don't judge people for feeling either way, whether you feel that you are entitled to some compensation or not. And then I'm taking a bit of a detour here. I know that. But I do think there is something to be said for the financial implications of being estranged from a parent that is an under-discussed area of the conversation. We are so bad at discussing money and we're so bad at discussing things like estrangement that are taboo topics that when you combine the two, it's just a recipe for disaster. But speak to the vast majority of people who are estranged from parents who do not live within easy reach of other parents or other family members who have kids that are of school age and who both work they will tell you that the impact of not having those grandparents readily available or feeling that those grandparents are not safe goes well beyond just the emotional and extends into the financial too. And it's okay to acknowledge that and to say, that really sucks. It's like an extra sucker punch. Whilst also maintaining that you wouldn't change it because you'd rather not have them in your life. It's a really complicated conundrum. And as I mentioned before, I think finances are something that are quite heavily interwoven into the relationship with a toxic parent and often weaponized. 
I speak to people daily who will say to me, oh God, they always point out to me, I save you so much money with childcare or the guilt tripping of you only want me for the childcare and which to be honest, a lot of people probably want to turn around and say absolutely because I can't bloody stand you, you're a nightmare but I do need your help. And it's almost like it's hung over the person in order to create this imbalance in the relationship once again, once they become adults. And in addition to the financial impact of the summer holidays, there is also the emotional toll of seeing other people having support, having that parental figure that can come in and say, oh, take the kids out for the day, which we are, as I say, eternally grateful for Adam's parents who are willing to do that. His mum is absolutely amazing. However, I would love for that to be my mum. You know, I look back at when I first had Reuben before I realised quite how toxic my relationship with my mum was, before I realised how enmeshed we were and when I was just going along with whatever. And we used to have these amazing days out. And I look back at them now, actually, through a very different lens. There were so many occasions that were not amazing, where there would be throwaway judgmental comments. There would be criticism of how I was parenting or what I was doing, you know, the eye rolls, that kind of thing. So what I've told myself is that they were these amazing days because I guess it's easier to remember them as such especially when I had Edith and it was like the three girlies out together but actually I remember one occasion we'd taken Edith to Disneyland for her fifth birthday and it was my mum, me and Edith and I often sort of think back and think gosh life was so much easier then you know yeah okay mum was difficult but actually we had a really great no we didn't we didn't have a great time. <laughs> it was absolutely awful. I remember on one occasion we were walking back to the room. I'd got Edith on my shoulders, I think. And my mum looked at me and said to me, what are you looking at me like that for, you bitch? And she used to speak to me like that so frequently, especially towards the end of things before I cut ties with her. And this is in front of my daughter during her birthday weekend. And it's just, you look back at these occasions and think, oh, I really miss that. I wish I hadn't opened my eyes to the way that our relationship was. But actually, I had my eyes open then. I was just prepared to take it because it was easier than cutting ties. It was easier than facing head on and saying, don't speak to me like that or don't. And when I did start to do those things and I did start to say, don't speak to me like that, don't do these things, then that was when everything became even more toxic. But yeah, there comes this jealousy and this sadness around wishing that you had that experience. It goes back to the poem that I read the other episode, I think it would have been last episode or perhaps the episode before this, where someone was talking about the grief of wishing she had a mum, not her mum, but a mum. And I, I completely relate to that, especially during the summer holidays. I think the desire to have those family days out or even those little family weekends where you have your parents, perhaps his parents. I, I never felt comfortable to have my mum with my in-laws. She just made it so intensely awkward every single time. And that's really difficult because then you're the one stood there whilst everyone else kind of looks around and is like, this is a bit awkward. And you're feeling responsible for that, even though it's not you that's created the problem. It's really difficult. And I think there is something to be said for sitting on the sidelines, watching other people have these wonderful extended family moments, and even sometimes having your own with your in-laws 
and kind of wishing that actually, yeah, that's all well and great. And I love that. I wouldn't trade that. I'm not diminishing that in any way. But I wish it was my parent or I wish it was my parents or I wish that I could have that relationship. But I know that if I did reach out for that family day out, it would be so difficult. Or I know that if they were included, it would be an absolute nightmare and it wouldn't be what I'm longing for. It would be to the detriment of my own mental health. And I think that is definitely amplified during kids' holidays because you do see all these great family days out. You do see all of these lovely experiences. You do see all of these grandparents helping out and you think to yourself, oh, why can't that be me? And you also think to yourself more often, I think, especially during the beginnings of estrangement, what if I'm depriving my child from having that experience? And you're absolutely not. If you have cut ties with a toxic parent and you had noticed repeating patterns with your own children, then all you are depriving your own child of is living the childhood that you lived and having the experience that you had and you're protecting them from that. And that's incredibly important to remember when you're seeing all of these wonderful weekends away or days out with grandparents or even with their in your in-laws their other grandparents and you're thinking why is that not an option with my parents am I depriving them of that with my parents well no you're not as always with these episodes guys if it is a solo one it is a slightly shorter episode I just wanted to say if you are going into the summer holidays and you do relate to any of these things or if you are a student or looking to become a student and you feel that you are going to be struggling and need some help standalone charity has some great information on there and do check with your university to see whether an estrangement bursary is something that you can claim or whether or not there is any additional support for you if you you are estranged and again if you have any younger family members who are going through the process of estrangement or are estranged from a family member and you think that that information would be beneficial to them pass it on because we should all be able to access the things that bring us joy in life and allow us to move forwards again if you relate to any of the summer holiday stuff then you know my dms are always open and you are absolutely not alone Thank you so much for listening, guys. I'm Harriet Shearsmith. You know where to find me by now. I am at Toby and Rue or at Unfollowing Mum on TikTok, Instagram and Threads now. We're not forgetting Threads. And as always, if you would like to book a session with me, you can do so via the links in my bios. Take care and I will speak to you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Kristen. And this is Jen from My Mom So Hard. And we're here to talk about By Heart. Do you remember when you were nursing and you were like, I want to give the best thing I can to my baby? Well, we've got that for you. It's called By Heart. And it is a infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code MOMS20 for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Tell them my mom so hard sent you.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.